Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Rain on Your Parade. I know it's been a while. I'm There's a huge gap between episodes four and this episode, and I want to do it. I want to do it really bad, but I watched volume two of Stranger Things, and if we're not, you know, if you are a fan of this show, you obviously have seen this. I feel like, you know, the only way to describe how I feel is like Robin, <laughs> wonky with a capital A, <laughs> like not just, you know, at the end of the first volume, we had this surprise, we had this like, kind of a happy twist, not happy, but like, I was overjoyed with the, you know, the impressive writing and the twist and how it's like, oh yeah, cool, you know, Henry is Vecna, is Juan, is blah, like, it's like, Peter, you know, Peter and Henry and Vecna and Wanda are all the, all the one person, you know, and it's like, you know, that was exciting because it was like, cool news, you know, fun twist, you know, and then this time, it was just a long, dragged out freaking like horror, not horror, as in scary, but as in like, why do you want me to be sad? Why do you want me to be sad? I'm still sad. Like, I'm on the verge of tears just even mentioning the fact that there was a Stranger Things volume 2. Like, <laughs> sorry spoilers, but like, it's freaking sad. And now I've just been on this, like, rabbit hole of, like, being obsessed with Eddie Munson, like, <laughs> for one. But also, like, the sadness of, like, Max, oh my gosh, and Lucas, like, Nothing even happened, I mean, nothing physically happened to Lucas. Well, kind of, he got beat up, but, like, oh, you know, like, I'm sad for him, you know? I'm, like, sad for him, and this is, <laughs> I've got more attached to Lucas this season or cared more about him this season than any previous season just because of, like, his, he's he's got more of a arc, I guess than usual, you know, and I know him, him 11 to me, I always, like, am really interested in their relationship because it started off so, you know, and she went to the hospital and she hugged him, <laughs> and it's like, you just think about how, like, he was the one that was, like, doubting her at first, and then now they're like this, you know, and it's just, <laughs> I'm literally crying, okay, just from that, so, like, <laughs> oh, just from them being friends. You know, and so, thankfully, in real life, the, this people didn't die, but, like, Eddie was based on a real person, and I'm upset because <laughs> people don't know. People don't know. And, like, I like what Joe said. Like, the actor was like, but we know. You know, and it's like, that's not enough for me. <laughs> I just want <laughs> redemption for him. Like, people are like, poor Billy, but I'm like, poor Billy, poor Billy. Uh, yeah, he sacrificed himself to save, like, Eleven and Max, but I feel like that was almost the least he could do. You know what I mean? Like, not that it was his fault that, like, the mom player was killing everyone, but, like, just the fact that, like, you know, he was a part of it, and he did do a lot of things that were bad. You know, and not to the level, no, he didn't really deserve to die, I don't think. Really, I just, I don't, like, I mean, he was terrible and abusive and racist, but, like, you know, 
I think he could have changed. I'm, I'm positive he could have changed, honestly, if he had the right motivations and people around him. But, and, you know, his dad making him be that way. So kind of, you know, somebody brought up, like, his dad being racist maybe had a lot to do with Billy trying to keep Max away from Lucas. But, like, yeah, I mean, you can try to justify it that way. But, like, you know, when he saw her alone at Will's house with Lucas, or when he came to Will's house and Lucas was there, like, his parents weren't there. Like, he was actually, like, beating up a child, you know, and it's like, and Steve had to, like, stop him, and I'm like, Lucas was, like, a kid at this point, like, this is season two, he was, like, 12. You can't be, like, no. He was, like, either 12 or 13, and Billy was gonna beat him up, and I'm like, this is, see, this is, no, no. (laughs) This is too far, way too far. And so, no, I'm sorry, you don't justify that, but anyway, yes, I'm sure he could have changed, I'm not saying he deserved to die, but, like, Eddie didn't do anything wrong to anybody, you know, he wasn't Billy, you know, and it's like, he didn't need a redemption arc, you know, he didn't need a redemption arc for himself, because he was, there's nothing wrong with him to start with, you know? So it's like, no. And, like, him being like, I ran away. And it's like, what else were you going to do? Like, you couldn't save Chrissy. He couldn't have. There's no way. Even Eleven could barely save Max. Eleven. You know? So it's like, what were you supposed to do? You, who don't even know what's going on. What was he supposed to do? You know? Who wouldn't run from that? And so, And so it's like, I don't, nobody was mad at you for running. <laughs> nobody. And, and <laughs> I mean, I know he felt bad himself, you know, like he could have done something, but he couldn't have. He couldn't have done anything. And, and, and <laughs> you know, he's like, I just run. I just run away. It's like, what choice do you have at this point? You know, <laughs> you don't have any other options. There's nothing wrong with that. And, 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 you know, but, like, my thing is, like, the town hating him, it's like, they freaking make me mad. Like, I'm mad about it. I'm mad that they still hate him, and it's just, like, (laughs) you know, I just, I feel bad about it, and I just feel really uncomfortable. Like, I just, (laughs) I feel like Kristen Bell is, (laughs) That one video of her watching Game of Thrones, I feel like they really crossed the line. Like, I really feel like... You know how characters... You know, deaths and stuff. You know, you have some silver lining. Like, even Hopper, when I thought he was dead, it was like... He did it to save Eleven. You know, he had a a hero's death. There's something wrong with this one, in a way. Because, like... (laughs) See, this is why I can't record the podcast. I'm still upset. (laughs) This is a bonus episode talking about volume two. (laughs) I definitely can't get in episode five yet, but... I didn't think I was going to be doing a bonus one for this, but... For these two episodes, but... Apparently I have to, because I can't get it off my mind. (sighs) But, like... Okay, so, this, like, really hits home for me in a way, because it's, like, you know, there's so, I've been friends with people like Eddie, you know, 
like, and one scene especially, like, reminded me of somebody I know, and it's like, if this happened to them, and, like, people have talked about them this way, you know, and, like, they've been through this thing, too, not this, that, not that bad, but, like, just having a bad reputation for no reason, for no reason, like, literally none, and, like, the nicest people, you know, some of the few nice people in the world, you know, and, like, my best friend, one of my best, literally my best, like, one of my best friends was probably the biggest, most well-known goth in the Tri-State area. Like, literally, he was well-known, like, almost famous for being goth. And, like, everybody knew him. And everybody that knew him well, everybody that knew him very well at all liked him. He was very likable. And he didn't have such a bad reputation that, like, he didn't have that bad of a reputation in a way, but, like, he also did with, like, certain people. You know? So it's like, I just imagine, you know, and he's gone now. Um, and, and it's like, you know, it just sucks because there are people like that in real life. You know, and it just, it's like something that I care about, you know? It's like something that just really gets to me when people's reputation, like, don't match them. And it's like, not fair. Because they didn't do anything. It's like, because he liked a certain band, you know? Or because he liked certain clothes. You're gonna act like he's a bad person. You know, look at Ted Bundy. He dressed so socially acceptable, you know? And it's like, oh... Anyway, I'm just really upset still, and I've been reading Eddie Munson fanfiction just because, like, and most of it's, like, in SFW, and I don't even want to read that, but, like, he's in it, so it's, like, more content with him in it, so it's not really, like, he's gone, you know, so it's, like, <laughs> I'm in such denial. Oh, it's so hard. <laughs> and that wasn't even, like, I can't even get into the whole Max thing, because she just, I'll get into it when we get there, probably, but... She... You know, she... <sighs> even if she's not really gone, it's, like, so hard, because... She, she is, like, so tough, you know? She wants to be tough all the time, and then, like, when it came down to it, she was just, like, so scared. <laughs> And it's just, like, to see somebody that tough be, like, so vulnerable. <sighs> you know? Always the tough girl. You know, trying to hide her emotions. Trying to be strong. Because she's always had to. You know? And so... <laughs> oh, you know? And, like, the reason she could be vulnerable is, like, sad to realize that, like, well, she, you know, she was at the end. She, she didn't have that, like, any reason to stay strong anymore, but another thing is Lucas, like, she could be vulnerable with Lucas, and so it's like, oh my gosh, it's just so... <sighs> 
And why was her mom not at the hospital? Like, we go to the hospital and, like, Lucas is there and Erica. Both. <laughs> but Max's mom is nowhere in sight. I can't judge her. I don't know what's going on with her. But it's just like, oh my gosh. I'm just sad. I'm just sad. About a lot of it. And this is, see, like, this is why it's taken me. It's been, okay, at this point. What, has it been over a week? It's been over a week. And I'm still this, like, emotional talking about it. And, of course, when I'm watching episode five, I'm not going to be talking about, like, those scenes and those characters. They're not even in season one. But, you know, it's there's hard stuff in that, too. And so, <laughs> this is me still processing all the information. And it's like, why would you do this? Why would you bring us these characters... You know, <laughs> I know how, you know, I'm not precious about it. I'm not like, you know, <clears throat> I don't know. I'm kind of like two sides of the coin here because it's like, you know, Neil Gaiman's like <laughs> writing advice. He's like, you know, you got to make a unicorn, make people love the unicorn, and then you got to kill that unicorn and break people's hearts. And it's like, yeah. And like, <sighs> As a writer, and that's good storytelling. Not just to hurt people, though. <laughs> Don't even get me started on the end of 13 Reasons Why. Because that, <laughs> that is, is mean just for the sake of being mean. <laughs> that's not okay. With Eddie, I feel like kind of the reason they did it is not just to be mean, though. Because it was like, what would he come back to if he had survived? Like, we, they have no way... I feel like it was easier for them, and this is kind of a cop-out in a way, but it's like, it was a lot easier for them to write him off like that than figure out a way to make him innocent to the town. You know, how are they going to prove his innocence to the town? They literally can't. Even if they defeat Vecna, they can't do that, you know? So it's like, but it's like, you can't. <laughs> but in a way, like, with Hopper dying and Max dying... It's kind of like, you know, one part of me wants to be like, I don't care if it's contrived or weird, whatever, do whatever you can to bring them back. And I feel that way about Eddie right now. I was like, I don't care. I don't care. I just want him back. I don't care if it's a stupid writing. I don't care if it's bad writing. I want him back, you know. But then the other part of me is like, leave Max dead, leave Hopper dead, because we need to have real stakes. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm both sides. I understand both I, I'm kind of both of those of, of both of those opinions, because it's like for good writing, you should have left Hopper dead, or you should have left Max dead. Both of them, probably. Uh, but <laughs> the part of me that loves them wants them, you know, loves the characters wants them to be alive. Even Alexi, it's like, oh, you can save him. <laughs> He's not even that important. But I'm like, don't let him die. <laughs> you know, or Bob. <coughs> But definitely Eddie. And there's some theories out there, like, he could come become a, this vampire named Cass, because there's, like, in D&D, there's this, like, thing, and I'm like, do it! Please do it! <laughs> I want them to do it, but, you know, at the same time, it's like, I want them to stick to it when they kill somebody and not just, like, cop out every time. It's like, Max died, but then Elle brought her back, and it's like, <sighs> she did, Max did die, but it's like, leave people dead, make the stakes real. 
hurt us, you know, but like, you know, even when it was happening, I was like, there's got to be some way, there's got to be some way. And I didn't think there was, but apparently there was, but see, that's when, you know, part of me wants them to do it any way it can be done, (laughs) even if it's like bad writing. But then the other part of me is like, leave them dead, you know, otherwise there's no real stakes. So it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm both. I'm both of those people. Like some people are one or the other, but I'm both. <laughs> Cause like the emotional side of me wants them to find a way to help them be alive no matter what. But the writer in me and like the critic in me is like, keep them dead. <laughs> you know, uh, the critical thinking part of my brain is like, keep them dead. But my emotional heart is like, no, <laughs> you know, no matter, you know, I don't care how you do it. Just bring them back, you know, so, you know, it's hard, but I'm still upset and I'm like still crying and like Lucas, oh, Caleb, oh my gosh, talk, talk about somebody who deserves an Emmy, Caleb McCullough or however you say his name. I'm sorry for butchering that. Caleb, who plays Lucas deserves a freaking Emmy. <laughs> he needs an Emmy right now. Like, I've never seen somebody cry so realistically in my entire life. And, like, I, I thought I was going to have to, like, I thought I was going to get sick from crying so hard. First, they went from Eddie, like, directly to the scene where Max was dying. And it's like, <sighs> you just straight into it. No time to, like, recover at all. They gave us no recovery time at all. And I was like, what now? <laughs> and, like, it got worse because it was Max, you know? And it's like, I love Eddie. And I would trade most of the characters for for Eddie back. But, you know, I like Max more uh, than him. It, I just do. Uh, she's one of my favorite characters of the entire show. But, uh, like, of all the kids, like, it's Eleven and then Max. You know? That's the kid characters. But I would trade Erica, Argyle, and Robin for Eddie back. I'm not kidding. Like, you know, and plus with new characters, it's always like when when Max was first a new character, they did a good job. You know, they brought her in and they actually made her feel like she really, you know, joined the team. And, uh, you know, it was kind of awkward at first, but it was like supposed to be. Like they made it part of the show that it was awkward, which is good. I like that they did that because it was like Eleven didn't want to talk to her because <laughs> she was like jealous of her and Matt, Mike. And it, it just, you know, they didn't bring her straight in and expect everybody to just accept her totally. They like made it a thing and that made it more realistic. And like also it was like, I don't know, they just did a good job of like incorporating her, you know, and she just nailed it. Sadie Sink is amazing. So, and the character is a great character. So it all worked out. <clears throat> but, you know, with Robin, it's like, I like Robin. I like Robin a lot. I like the character. I like her. I don't have a problem with her at all. <coughs> She's funny. I like her. But as far as, like, my critic brain, I'm like, is she necessary? Is this a necessary addition to the cast? Because the cast is already so big that it's like, we don't need to be adding new characters to a large cast for no reason. Unless there's a, like, really important reason. Like, the guard who helped Hopper. I could see why he needed to be there. He's not a new character, as in, like, he's not joining the group. He's just there because he needs to be there for that time period. That's a whole different thing 
to me than, and it seems like Murray's been there since season one, but he hasn't. He was added in season two. <laughs> like, he's a new character in season two. Uh, he's not in season one at all. <laughs> it seems weird because it seems like he was, but he wasn't. But anyway, um, Robin, you know, and Murray had some points. Like, they had certain reasons for Murray to be there, you know? Like, he helped Steve and Nancy, you know, call out them for what they did to Barb. And blah, he, taught, he told them how to do it and blah, blah, blah. Like, he's been essential, you know, for certain things. You know, and plus he spoke Russian, so he, you know, blah, blah, blah. So they've used him for things. And yeah, they used Robin for things, but it's like they came up with things to use her for instead of, like, having a real purpose for her. And it, especially to join the group completely, like, not just have her on the side. Like, she works with Steve. She's funny. But then when the group is off by themselves, she's not involved. You know what I mean? Like, I just... And I don't have a problem with Robin at all. Like, I like her. I like her as a character. I like everything. I don't really have a pro any problem with anything she's done. But it's like... And she's funny, you know? And I like a lot of her scenes. But <laughs> is she necessary? You know? And Erica, I don't, I don't like... Well, this season I liked Erica a lot more. But, like, last season in season three... I was not a fan. I'm like, I don't find this cute or funny at all. <laughs> she just seems like a brat. I'm sorry. But anyway, <laughs> we'll get to that when we watch it. But like, Argyle, yeah, he's funny, whatever, I don't care. I don't have a problem with him, but like, like I said, is he necessary? Was Erica necessary? Like, you're adding characters that are not really necessary to an already overstuffed cast, is what I'm saying, <laughs> you know? And so it's like, I, don't, I just don't think it's a good idea. But then Eddie came along, and I'm like, I don't even care. This is the show now. It's about him. He's the main character. I don't care about anybody else. <laughs> like, and it's not just because I think he's hot, which I do. But it's not just that. It's like the magnetism. Even Chrissy. I'm like, <laughs> seeing them both. In, that one scene of them in the woods together had more chemistry between them romantically than, like, almost every other pairing in this entire series. <laughs> like, they had more chemistry than almost every other couple in this entire series just in that one scene alone. And it's like, <laughs> these actors have got something going on. Like, no, I don't think they do. But, I mean, I'm just saying, like, as, a, as, as actors, they did a good job. And so it's like, I want Grace and Joe to date. <laughs> I want Joe Quinn and Grace Van Dean to be dating in real life. That's her name that played Chrissy, but <sighs> these two characters just, like, they commanded the screen, and they just took over, and they became so lovable instantly. Instantly lovable. <laughs> just instant love them immediately. And so it's like, what the heck, man? What the heck? You just take her away. And they even said, the writers even said, like, they regretted killing Chrissy off after, after filming that scene with them in the woods. Because they filmed the death scene before that. So it's like, oh, you screwed up. This could have been the power couple of the century. And it still is. But it was just like a sad, short-lived thing. They never even got to kiss. <sighs> it's so sad. <laughs> but I love them both. And it's like, <sighs> wow. They were so gorgeous and cute. Like, not just like because they were an attractive couple, though. It was like... They had this innocence and sweetness between them that was so real. 
And it's like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Why would you do this to them? You know, the two wholesome people. Like, I just, uh, <laughs> it's so hard because I loved Chrissy too. Like, she was so cute and sweet, you know, and just, oh my gosh. <laughs> and, and the way he was with her, he was completely different with her than he is like the boys, you know. Of, of his group, like, Dustin and Mike and whatever, and it's like, he was just, like, so sweet to her, and it's just like, oh my gosh, I don't know, I just can't, <laughs> there's so many emotions, <clears throat> but I just had to get all this out before I go back to season one, episode five, where it's like, <sighs> things have changed a lot since then, but I still like season one the best. I still do. Like, a lot of people are like, season four is the best. And I'm like, they had a lot of moments. And they had Eddie <laughs> that were just beyond awesome. But as a whole, I can't say that I agree it's the best season. It's probably the best season since season one, honestly. But it was kind of messy. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was a little messy. I'll admit, writing-wise, uh, I felt like... I mean, I'm not complaining at all. I love it, but especially compared to like other shows like this is top notch this is probably number one of all shows on tv right now i mean it definitely is um and shows of all time honestly like i was talking to one of my friends about this and i was like you know as far as like best shows for everyone to watch because obviously like the most well-written show to me is probably mr robot it's just top notch all the way through but I mean, it doesn't even, like, slack off in any season. All of them, all four of them are just... But Mr. Robot is for a certain type of person to watch. I would not recommend it for anybody to watch because it's just very specifically for a certain type of person who would like it, you know? Like, only a certain type of person would like it. And I feel special, you know, special people would like it, not, like, you know, you have to be really special to enjoy it, you know? Like, I feel like, you know, whatever, but... It's just not for everybody, and you I just know that. Because certain people would not get it. You know, certain people would not enjoy it, and, you know, things like that. But, like, as far as a show that could be enjoyed by literally everyone, Stranger Things, you know, of the shows that are for everyone, Stranger Things is the top. I can't think of anyone better. And, like, you know, Pretty Little Liars, probably my favorite show, even though there's flaws. It's a teen mystery about teenage girls. It's not for everyone, which it could be, but I know people aren't going to give it a chance. I, I just gave up on trying. I, like, honestly, most people could enjoy it too, but then again, it's not for kids, which I don't think Stranger Things is for kids necessarily, but people say it is, so I'm like, okay, fine. Let them watch it, then I don't care. You know, I would. I would let them watch it, I don't care. But it's kind of scary, but it's still like, <coughs> you know, which, I don't mean to, like, be gatekeepy here, but even Stranger Things, I'm like, everybody can like it and do. Most people of any, like, demographic love it, but, like, I don't think the people, <laughs> I don't think people appreci can appreciate it as much as people who are outcast. I mean, honestly, <clears throat> which everybody kind of feels like an outcast at some point in their life. Everybody does, but people who are literally outcast. I think it's it hits deeper with us, but, you know, whatever. I'm not saying other people can't watch it and enjoy it, 
but I do think it hits deeper with the outcasts. Um, and uh, I don't know, man, there's just so much. I think part of that is like, wow, there's so many people so upset about Eddie because it's like, he really related, he really hit deep with some people, you know, because of his reputation and his, you know, who, you know, just the whole unfairness of it all, you know, it's like everybody just called him a villain for no reason. Like, he never did anything wrong to anybody. And, you know, which, you know, it looks suspicious that she was with him last when she died. But, like, of course that would look suspicious, and I'm not saying it shouldn't. But, you know, in the real world, you know, because of course they're not going to know. Which, I can't stand Jason, and I I'm not even going to get into that until we get into, like, actually watching it. But, like, <clears throat> certain things about him, I'm like, well, you know, I don't know. Because it's like, I don't know, if you were in his shoes, what would you do or think, you know, in a way? But then again, like, most people I see defending him are literally, like, white ring, like, really hardcore, like, fascist-type people. And I'm like, what? No. It's like, of course you would agree with him. But the thing that sucks about him is he was like, you know, they're a cult and we got to go after all these people. And it's like... You're literally trying to hunt down teenagers to kill them. <laughs> like, having a whole town with, like, tar and feathers. Like, no. That's like a witch hunt. We're not doing that. Like, if you want him found and arrested, okay. But, like, don't hunt him down and, like, hurt him. You don't even, you know, he deserves a fair... Like, everybody deserves a fair trial, like, obviously. So, it's like... you And plus, just hunting down Mike and Dustin and all the other members, it's like... You don't even know. <laughs> like, even if ha ha that he did it, like, how would they even know? They didn't, they were not involved in that whatsoever. Like, they weren't there. They had no idea he was even with Chrissy. Like, they definitely didn't have any part of it, you know? So it's like, I don't even know why you're after all them. Like, that's messed up. That's messed up. <laughs> Just because they like a game. <laughs> it's, like, so weird because it's, like, I've seen people play it before. And this is a real thing that happened in the 80s. People were scared of this game. And I'm like, I don't like it myself. But, like, <clears throat> I, I just, I think it's, like, it's a game. And, like, you watch fantasy shows like Once Upon a Time or, you know, Game of Thrones or whatever. You know, Lord of the Rings or even, like, Narnia. Which is, like, fantasy. <laughs> even though it's literally an allegory. So it's, like, yeah. <laughs> You know, or Lord of the Rings is actually an allegory, too. But, I mean, if you didn't know that, you do now. Uh, but, <clears throat> it's just, you know, I'm like, what's the difference? And I've seen people play it. It's like, literally, you know, I watched, you know, like, on Watcher with Shane and Ryan. Shane Madej and Ryan Begara, Stephen Lim and Katie. Um, oh my gosh, I forgot her name. Katie, I'm so sorry. Katie's like the best, but she's not on there. You know, usually she's behind the scenes. Um, but she was on the, where they, they played D&D &D over the pandemic and just had like a show of everybody like on YouTube of people just watching them play the game. And like, it was so entertaining and stupid, but it was so entertaining and it was like so innocent. I'm like, how can people think this is like, and it's so weird to me because like, What's weird to me is people being like, I don't want that, I don't want you playing that game where you just like, 
have elves and, and like unicorns or whatever. <laughs> but <laughs> and like the the bad guy, there are bad things on there, like the demogorgon. They're like really bad things, but those are the bad guys that you defeat. You defeat the bad guys. You're not on their side. You're like the people playing the game are the good guys defeating the monsters. You know, they're not on the same side as the monsters. They're defeating the monsters. <laughs> Just like, you know, Red Riding Hood or whatever. I, you know, every fairy tale ever. Anyway, um, you know, and these 80s parents are like, you can't play this game where you're just literally sitting around the table enjoying yourself, eating snacks, laughing with your friends, you know, having a creative mind, you know, creating stories, you know, you, it's creative. <laughs> but, but you know what you should do that'll make you less violent? Why don't you come with me and I'll teach you how to hunt and kill things with a real weapon? Like, y'all don't think, y'all think that's better influence? Like, y'all think that's a better influence? Like, I literally... <laughs> I don't get these people. It's like, if I taught you to hunt with a gun and kill things, you'd be less violent <laughs> than you would be if you played this game where you just roll dice. Like, what? <laughs> I mean, that's seriously messed up. It's like Lonnie with Jonathan. He's like, you have a poster of, uh, what was it, the thing or something on the wall? No, it was Evil Dead. He had an Evil Dead poster, and he's like, Take that poster off the wall. It's disgusting and bad influence. And I'm like, you're literally an absent father. You're literally an absent father who yelled at his kid because he couldn't... You made him shoot a rabbit and then made fun of him for crying. Like, when he was, like, ten. And you're saying that this poster for a movie is bad. Like, Lonnie is the example that is just like... What? Are you serious? And, and also, Billy's dad was like that, too. He's like... You be nice to your sister, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you're literally abusing him, causing to him to, like, you know, project that onto her. Like, you're, you're, I, I just, <laughs> oh, I just, you know, these people, these people, you know, it makes me appreciate Joyce and Karen even more. <laughs> like, even Karen, it's like, at least she's trying, you know, at least she tries to do the right things. She almost had sex with a teenager. Does she? You know? Well, I don't know that he was. He was probably 18, but still, that's too young for her, obviously, and, and wrong, but. <coughs> she decided not to do it, at least. But, dang. <coughs> but other than that, I think Karen's a pretty good mom. Ted is like one of these people. <laughs> Honey, they're our government. We have to trust them. It's like, dude. You have no clue. <laughs> anyway, Ted Wheeler is just so oblivious. Um, anyway, okay. <sighs> I think I'm done. I just needed to get a bunch of stuff off my chest. And, like, I'm also going through things emotionally, like, in my personal life that I'm not going to get into. But, Yeah. Um, that's it. And I love these characters, and I'm just hope that they can bring Eddie back <laughs> somehow. <laughs> but if not, we'll let him live on in our memories and fan fiction. And, um, I'm not, like, the only thing I'm watching right now is, um, Only Murders in the Building. And it comes on once a week. And you should check it out. It's funny. 
Um, it's not like Stranger Things level of like intense, but it's fun and uh, interesting. And the cast is obviously great. Um, yeah. Um, and so <laughs> I don't have anything to watch because that only comes on once a week and it's only like 30 minutes at a time. So it's like um, watching things they post on Watcher, uh, like I always do um, when it comes out, but they don't have much stuff. I mean, it's not like they have things every day. So yeah, I'm literally just like, I've been thinking about Stranger Things and I can't really watch anything else. I can't even get into anything else hardly because I can't get Stranger Things off my mind. I can't even hardly have conversations with people like about other things (laughs) other than this. So it's really hard. Um, (laughs) maybe after I do the entire podcast of the entire, like, I just realized too recently that like, I'm going to get through probably season four, like long before they come out with season five. So I'm going to have to like take a Stranger Things podcast break and like come back to it after season five because I can't be waiting to not have any podcasts for like two whole years, (laughs) which is going to take me a while to finish this, but it's not going to take that long. It's not going to take as long as it would take for season five to come out. Probably. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to, like, have a break in between where I do, like, some movies, which I already have some planned, but anyway, the next podcast will be, um, season one, episode five, and we're going to continue on that way, and hopefully I can get through it without thinking of the future episodes past that. Um, but I'm pretty good at that, so it's going to be okay. Um, other than that, um, I've been just, yeah. Um, I guess I could do a volume two, season four, volume two quote that I love, which is, I piggybacked from a pizza dough freezer. (laughs) What the heck kind of sentence is that? Oh, freaking love those girls. Those two are my favorite. Like, literally, my favorite pairing, and it's not romantic, but my favorite pairing of BFFs is Max and Eleven, for sure. Hands down, no contest. <laughs> I love those two. I love those two being friends. I want them to be best friends forever, and I love them. <laughs> I love them both so much, and I want them. Oh, I love their friendship so much. It's, like, the best thing that could have came out of this, honestly. But anyway... <laughs> I'm done for now. Um, that's my rant and rave, raving, ranting and raving about stuff. And I could be ranting and raving about politics and other things too, but I'm not gonna, we're not gonna bring that negativity in this podcast. <laughs> we're gonna keep this pure. I mean, no, I do bring it in sometimes, but not that much. Um, but I like to keep it out because, dang, you know. <laughs> Anyway, um, oh, I'm also releasing a new book. Um, It's not a novel or anything, but it's a collection of short stories and poems and really funny, like, stories. Not intentionally, but I found some stories I wrote when I was in, like, fourth grade, and they're just hilariously stupid. And they're in there, because I'm just like, I have no shame. (laughs) So, um... Literally, and I'm just, really, I just wanted them for me to have in a physical collection, and I just thought, why not, you know, and it, all it took was formatting, like, all the stuff was already written, so it was all just, 
the only work I had to put in was formatting, you know, recently when I put it all together. So it's like, why not? <laughs> you know, and I still have to format the ebook. But anyway, it's not going to, it's not out yet. I still got to get the proof back and, you know, edit it and make changes and see if I like it, blah, blah, blah. And then um, I'll do the, you know, the ebook, you know, formatting and, um, you know, prove it or edit it or whatever it needs to be done. But it's in the process. It's in the process of being um, made. So it's interesting. It's called um, Cicatrix. And I'm just going to let people look up that word on their own. Because I like it. I like I like that I use this word. I'm a word collector. I found one of my words in my collection. I was like, this, this is just it. I just know it. It's exactly what I need it to be. And it's called Cicatrix. Cicatrix. Cicatrix is the name of the book, and it's a collection of writing, short stories, poems, etc. Um, so that's exciting. Um, it's not available yet, but it will be very soon. And of course, I'll let you know when it's totally available on this podcast in a later episode when it is. So uh, that's exciting. I'm working on my next novel, novelette. I'm I'm planning on it to be about 20,000 words, but you don't care <laughs> about word count. I mean, for writers, it's really important. Word count's like the most important thing, but not really, but it is, you know, kind of important. But I'm just feeling this one being shorter. But it's going to be a fun little novel, like a heist, you know, a fun heist book. And I love the characters, and I just, I have it already cast in my brain, which I always do that. <laughs> Millie Bobby Brown is cast in it not really but like in my mind like uh headcanon you know a character is her and I just really like the fake cast in my brain <laughs> I'm like I wish I could have this movie and have them really cast in it because it would just be perfect um it just would uh but I always cast like actors for my books in my mind just so you know I can like picture their facial expressions better and things like that when I write them it really helps. It really, if you're a writer, it's really helpful to do that because uh, you can really picture what their face would look like when they make certain faces and things like that. And fan fiction actually like helped me come to that realization because it's like, you know, you think about when you're writing fan fiction, you think about, well, how would their face look when somebody said this? And you, you know, you remember them in the show and how they would do like what face they would make at certain times and like. It's just, you know, it's a lot easier if you kind of know what they look like and kind of know, you know, their mannerisms. Of course, actors give people different characters, different mannerisms, but at least you have like something to work with if you know what they look like. And it's like, it doesn't matter if the audience knows that or not, but like, I like to know it because it helps me write them. So it's like, as a writer, if you're a writer, that's really good advice. Um, that I can give you cast your cast your novels and stuff like honestly <laughs> cast them and, and you don't have to like let people know or whatever it doesn't matter you can even describe them as looking different than the, the actor but just in your mind when you're writing them it really helps to have like you know someone to go off of of like their mannerisms and facial expressions which like I said actors do different things in different roles but they still kind of got their own, you know, they still kind of got their own thing. You know, they always do. Like, certain people have a certain smile that they can't change, you know, <laughs> things like that. Anyway, um, 
enough about that. Um, yeah, that was my bonus episode, and it's it's a lot longer than I thought it would be. Um, I've been crying and everything. Um, I even cried, uh, obviously, talking about this. Of course I'm going to. But anyway, um, that's it for now. The next podcast episode will be um, The Flea and the Acrobat. So be prepared for that. And uh, I wish I would have got this done sooner, like before the new season came out. But it is what it is. You know, it is what it is. Because uh, it's hard to like, you know, get my mind off of the new stuff and go back to the old stuff. But, it, you know, that's why I'm kind of doing this bonus episode to get it all out. And uh, also... You know, because emotionally I'm not ready. You know, I need some time. I just need some time to grieve, honestly. And mourn. But anyway, um, that's it. I'll see you guys next time. Peace out.